all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair with the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual line. You're tempted to casually molly with Molly and Boogie. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie, and we are coming back strong from a four-month hiatus of the podcast. So thank you to our loyal listeners again for coming back and listening to this episode. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we get into our interview with our next guest. Uh, we are so excited to announce our upcoming shows at the Golden Hoosier. This is Casually Happening. Thank you so much to everybody who has been supporting these shows. We had a successful show just earlier this month at the Funny Bone and St. Charles. So shout out to them for allowing us to do a show there. Uh, but our home, the Golden Hoosier, located in South City, we have our upcoming show November 30th uh, with headliner Angela Smith Winfrey and of course featuring comedians Charlie Winfrey and Chad Wallace. It'll also be hosted by yours truly. Tickets are going to be $15 and will be found on Eventbrite. Just remember with the other previous shows we have sold out. So make sure you get your spot if you want to come. And if you can't make it in November, don't worry. We have one more show to close out our 2022 season. Um, it is going to be a double headliner exclusive on December 14th with two of my dear friends and podcast guests, uh, Larry Green and then Max Price. We haven't had him on the podcast yet, but we're going to. Uh, but they're going to be a double headliner. We are so excited to have them. Um, I will be again be on the uh, lineup. And then we have Ellie Kirschhofer, newcomer to St. Louis Comedy, but we're so happy to have her. Um, again, that is December 14th at 7.30 p.m. Make sure you get your tickets on Eventbrite as well for $15. So just November 30th or December 14th, just meet us at the Golden Hoosier on South City. It's a fun night of a Wednesday night and you're going to have a great time. But speaking of a great time, I am so excited to introduce our next guest. Um, she is very talented. I've had the uh, exceptional pleasure of being able to see her perform on stage. Um, she has an album coming out, which she's going to talk about. So give it up for comedian Jill Merrick. Ghosts, everybody. Round of applause. Everyone's going crazy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh, I still have to my teeth. Yes, this is great. Andy, we got to put an effect next time. I love it. <laughs> oh man. Applause! Just over the top, standing. <laughs> As usual, um, I love it though, Jill. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast and talk to us. Uh, of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I had the pleasure of getting to see you um, perform. I think. I think I may have told you this in person, but the first time I saw you perform, I was like first starting out in comedy and you came to the Funny Bone and I think you were featuring for James Johan that night. Um, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That was a few years back. That was maybe it was that at the funny bone then. Yeah, yes. It was comedy, like yeah, because yeah, I've only been doing comedy for like five years, but I remember walking in and I was like, that lady, not only is she <laughs> hilarious, but she has the best pants ever. You have like <laughs> these yes. And they were so awesome. You were so were funny. They yes, yeah. <laughs> I got so many compliments on those pants. You have no idea. Like oh so gosh. many compliments on those pants. They're from really? Target. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't the best things. I mean, <laughs> it's great. Oh, that makes me so happy that I wasn't the only one. I mean, your comedy was obviously spectacular, but I was like, she's like beautiful. She's funny. She's got no. great pants. Like what? And then I she's think, the whole package. yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, the pants just like sealed the deal. They're like, listen. <laughs> but it was. Uh, I think I saw you. You were. Um, did you perform with Chris Porter at one point too yeah. at Helium? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Featured for him there the first time in, in uh, the St. Louis Helium. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then I think when I officially met you, though, was that also at Helium? I think it was after your show at in the garage and everybody's yeah. like grabbing a drink or whatever. And I just <laughs> was like, and I think it was like, it was hilarious because there was this group of people that were there and they, I don't know if they had just discovered, I don't know what happened. I can't remember the whole scenario, but they were just like loving you and talking to you afterwards. And you were so gracious and so kind to them. And then you I talked to think, me. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were, 
I honestly think they were pitying me at that point because the garage <laughs> show. <laughs> What's crazy? I was given the you know headline the garage show, mm-hmm. show at the St. Louis Helium to like prep for the album so I could do, you know, run the whole hour, and it was just not. <laughs> it was so quiet. It was so quiet. And so uh, getting all those that was me getting all those drinks. I think, and then uh, I had met. <laughs> I think Max Price was there, and yes. he had. He had featured for, or he had hosted for me and Chris Porter at the mm-hmm. Helium show. So I remember him. And then Bobby J. Cox was there. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember the name of the woman who hosted for us. But she was great. She was really Was it funny. Corey Stewart, maybe? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, guess, I, guess, <laughs> I was like, what's a guess? I, like, I, can yeah. tell, I can tell you her jokes. Like, that's usually what I remember. It's like, of oh, course. she jokes. <laughs> you know? We talked about this, um, but yeah, so it was just one of those things. We're all kind of hanging out, and uh, they were really lovely and nice. I, I'm sorry you had to see that one. Oh. <laughs> no, if anything, I had the best time. I just felt bad because I was kind of like laughing out loud, and I know it was like a quieter audience, and then there's like this loud yeah. Italian in the back, like cracking up at things. I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Like, Jill's gonna be well, like, what is wrong with this well, woman? <laughs> Because the funniest thing for all comics is to watch another comic just eating shit on stage. <laughs> it's just funny because we, we've all been there and we laugh because we're so uncomfortable. And <laughs> that just means that if you ever question being a comic, you're you're a comic because it's hilarious to you to watch yes. somebody just eat shit for an hour. <laughs> and it did. And what's crazy is like the weekend before I was at the Indianapolis helium mm-hmm. upstairs yep. and just great shows. Just, yes. Oh, I'm going to, this album's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and then I went to the St. Louis helium garage room and I'm like, Oh no, yeah. <laughs> like, what am I doing? What have I done? Yeah. But um, uh, that's cool. I didn't realize you'd seen me so many times. It's really nice to know and that you remembered me. I just assume everybody forgets I'm alive once I leave the room. So. <laughs> If anything, I was like, she's going to think I'm so weird that I remember each time I've seen her before. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm not, like, I might not know. Like, I'll be like, I know them. I know them. They have a joke about vests. Like, yeah. I'm the worst with names. But I'll be like, oh, they have this great detail about this joke. Like, I only remember bits. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so we're on so the I'm same not page. You at all. Yay! Because I at first, because I when I saw you at the Funny Bone, I remember there was this lady that came up to me, and she was like, she reminds me of marvelous miss mazel what's her name and i said jill but i didn't remember your last name so I was like, yeah. and i was like look her up though she's great right <laughs> i'm like i'm just and i'm the worst for self-promotion i'm always like i don't have business cards i didn't feel like bringing them they're like how do you just google just my name if you remember and so like everyone's like my goal is just to be like oh that that lady who opened for so-and-so was funny like and then just disappear into oblivion <laughs> i don't know it's so stupid but I'm the worst at it. I'm just. I kind of love it. that. It's like a dark horse effect. You're just like I'm here. <laughs> this is happening. And I'm gone. Right. I just disappear. <laughs> I was like, so those are some of my favorite people. So I love that. Yeah. It's like the the oh, right great. amount of fame, you know. So there oh, you yeah. Go. Just go in, get your good feelings for the weekend, and then go home, and nobody knows who you are at the grocery store. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, they're obviously going to know you now, now that you've been on this podcast. But speaking oh, of that, no. right, exactly. All <laughs> the follows. Oh, you know, ex- precisely. All the fame, casually knowing Jill Maragos. Um, let's talk about, speaking of comedy, let's talk about your comedy album. I, first of all, I appreciate you letting me use your code. I got to listen to it. I had the best time. I was laughing Aww. in, uh, I was sitting doing some like promotion stuff for some upcoming shows in our little like dining room table area. And my fiance was cracking up because he could just hear me laughing from upstairs because I have such a loud laugh. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, just casually listening to Jill Marigos. Don't mind me. So um, why don't you tell us about your album and just kind of, you know, uh, just maybe just why you decided to do it at this point in your career? Like, when were you like, this is the time for me to make this album? Well, I've been I've always been sort of a go with the flow type person. So um I'm trying to think of how it went. I I had gotten a, a feature gig in the in Portland at the Portland Helium, 
And so I was looking to do another gig. I think it was in St. Louis. So I contacted the person who was the manager at the Portland Helium. And he just was like, here, talk to these people. And it turned out to be the guy who like books all the headliners. <laughs> and I was like, this is overkill, but okay. You know, and so he helped get me in to do some stuff. And he was the one who said, hey, would you be interested in doing an album? And I, it was like the middle of the pandemic. And I was like, absolutely not. No, <laughs> like, yeah, but no, like this is, you know, like, I'm going to do it to like eight people with tables. Set. Like, this is like a nightmare for me because I hate saying no. Cause mm -hmm. I am like, Oh no, if I say no, they're never going to ask again. I know. But then I also I was way. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to give up an opportunity. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, I said, I need time to get it together. And I just basically thought I'll take the best of all my old stuff and I'm going to take this out. Um, uh, and do the best of all my old stuff and then work in all my favorite new stuff because this is, that'll give me, 45 minutes to an hour. And so I just was like, okay. And then once things kind of started to come back where we had enough people in the room, I was like, well, let's go ahead and record it, I guess. And uh, I'm from Buffalo. So I wanted to do it at the Buffalo Helium, which they didn't tell me was a horrible mistake. Oh, <laughs> really? Goes up. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> So I did my one hour there in front of everybody I've ever known and met because I'm from there. And uh, it was it was awful. <laughs> it was totally awful and horrible. And uh, I talked to the guy who did the recording and he's like, well, if you're not happy, you know, we can just do it as many times, but it's not a problem. So I was in Portland and I said, look, I'm going to be doing, you know, feature shows there for the weekend. Why don't we just record all of them? And we did. We just took like a few of the sets and put them together and that became the album. So... You know, it was a, it was a nightmare, <laughs> but, but you know, in the best way, you know, it's, it's, it's an honor to be asked because I hate being like, can I do this? Can I, am I allowed to do these things? And, uh, they were great about being patient and I'm very OCD about stuff. I'm like, I don't want that in. I said this word twice. You gotta take that. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, that's, that's the story of how it became, I guess. Is that, mm -hmm. is that. Is that okay? Is that <laughs> that's is that wonderful? Right oh my god, that's actually that is so interesting. It was I when I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is seamless. Like she must have just yeah. gone in there. This could have been like maybe a couple of shows <laughs> thrown together and then done. Like yeah. I, I felt like everything followed correctly and had a great sequence and went together. So the fact yeah. that you said, oh yeah, also I hated this big mistake. So then I went over here and I recorded. I'm like, oh, I would have had no idea, yeah. which means that I mean that you're an expert to your craft for knowing what sounds right and what works. Uh, so props to you for not just settling and actually like, you know, saying like, here, this is what I want and I'm creating something. And yeah, I think yeah. a lot of times it's just like what you said, you don't want to be difficult. You don't want to be like, can I do this? You don't want to beg. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're producing something with your name on it, you want it to be of quality. <laughs> so right. I totally understand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like, I'm very specific. This might get comedy nuts and bolts a little bit, but I'm very yeah. specific about the order my material has to go in because I'm mm -hmm. a little bit cuckoo box. <laughs> um, I talked to somebody a long time ago, like when I first started comedy, who was saying, if you watch uh, Richard Pryor's live on the Sunset Strip, it's broken into three parts. Like the first third is how I see the world. The second third is how the world sees me. And then the last third is how I see me. So his set gets more and more intimate as the hour goes on. And that's always been sort of how I set things up because people in general aren't buying a ticket to see me. Like they're buying a ticket for a headliner who they know. And then I happen to be on, you know, doing 20 to a half hour on their show. So it's always been my goal to be like, let them get to know you a little bit before you start talking about your vagina. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like you wouldn't, Molly, you wouldn't go to somebody at a party and be like, hi, so about my vagina, they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know? Like right. you kind of have to know somebody a little bit before you start dropping like, and you know, I'm not super dirty, but I also like want to have a little bit of a buy-in and have them get to know who I am first. So anytime I do a set, even if it's, you know, whatever order the material, you know, whatever material I do is always in that order. Yeah. So it actually made it easier to edit because I can be like, well, this bit or these three bits that I did goes right here. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. Oh, it's, so so, it's yeah, yes. structural. Yes. That, I, 
you just said it. Yes, I was about to say, it was like, it was so structured, but it was still like relaxing and comical where I could relate to a lot of things. Cause I, oh, I also have a fiance who is like really into cars and things like that. And yeah. I was also like, I wasn't, I, I shouldn't say I was a nerd, but I also like, I, I didn't have the brains you had to be like in engineering and all these things, but I did always like to read and be, and people would always be like, oh, she's always like reading a book or something like that. And it was never, <laughs> it was never smart. like the yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I was, like I was a horrible like, thing. Right, <laughs> educating herself like a loser. <laughs> right. So when I listened to you, I was like, "Oh, she gets me. I get it. Like this is great." Which is why I want to ask you, like, you know, you were in your set and in your album, you talk about, you know, it being in engineering. When did comedy come into play? Where you're like, "Oh, let me try this out. Let's see what happens." <laughs> I got dragged with a, a friend of mine. So I was, when I moved to California mm -hmm. years ago, before I'd done any performing at all, I had a friend who, we were, act, we were actors. I mean, I was in very little, but we were being in actors things. We were doing things that made us say we could be actors. We never, you, know, you know what I mean? I was never a star. Um, and she wanted to take this stand-up class and I thought, well, I would like to know how, why jokes are funny. You know, I want to know the math of it and I'll, I'll deal with you because she didn't want to do it alone. And so we went and it was down in LA and I didn't live there. And the whole, like the final class was supposed to be like your show or whatever. And I thought, <laughs> well, I've, I've done what I wanted. I just wanted to know what was funny, you know, how, what was, how to write a joke or, you know, what made things funny. And so I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I don't need to do it. Like I didn't really, <laughs> part of the thing. And so teacher got real mad at me. <laughs> She's like, you need to do it. And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I can't bring anybody. Like, I don't know anybody here. And she, you know, we went back and forth. I'm like, I'll do it. And she's like, never mind. And I was like, okay. And then finally I was like, if you want me to, I will. And she's like, fine, you can do it. And I'm like, well, now it's going to be fun. <laughs> and she put me up like last. Which is, I'm like, this is, you know, the best spot, really, because everybody's, like, drunk or whatever. And then she went up right after me and did 10 minutes. Like, she's a pretty good con. She used to write for Chelsea Handler and stuff. Oh, and wow. Okay. It, yeah. It, it, I'm not, like, super pro stand-up comedy classes. I really didn't, like, plan on being a stand-up comedy. It was, like, for an education more than anything. But yeah. she was pretty good about saying, like, here's you know, here's how you hold a mic or here's, you know, what you do, don't do these little, you know, just little like good tips and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I threw out half the jokes that she encouraged me to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not, you know, it's, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. So it's not a, that's not a good joke for me. So um, that's how it started. And then suddenly like it became, I don't want to say easier, but like as an actor, I was always like, please, can I send out postcards to casting directors and, uh, you know, trying to get into classes and trying to, yeah, I had to like <laughs> scream, yeah. please, can I see you, you know? And so it, it was so difficult. And so with stand up, it just became this thing where it's like, oh, I met so and so. And they were like, do you want to do a guest spot at the improv in Las Vegas? I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Over here. And he's, I'm like, all right, you know. And people just tended to hire me and it just kind of, it's, it's its own thing, really. You know, mm -hmm. I'm kind of lucky. I feel like, it's, I feel like it's, it's meant, it was meant to be only because it's been so much easier than acting was. Mm -hmm. I, and That's you have it. such a, and I, not just because you're, you have such a natural <laughs> delivery and talent for it. So I'm really happy that you're doing Aww. it. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not just saying that. Like I said, I listened to your album. <laughs> I've seen you perform. I was like, and cut. We're going to say what we really feel about Jill right after this break. No, I am. Um, what a bitch. <laughs> what a bitch. Yeah, laugh through this. Am I right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I am um, after this, maybe well, because this is shitty. <laughs> just follow at Jill Maragos and you'll really get it now. You shit though, for sure. I um, I I really am happy for you though, because I I understand. I was a theater major, and I don't do a lot of acting anymore as much either, um, just because there is something really addictive and fun and surprising about comedy, and it does just kind of after a certain point you start networking and things. But I love that you brought up. You're like, oh my god. 
gosh, like I really had to like claw my way in because people all the time, like the biggest thing I see about even just when people come to open mics, they are like, oh, this is going to be so easy, right? Like this is going to yeah. be so easy. And then they get up yeah. there, they completely eat shit and they're like, that was so difficult. So I appreciate <laughs> you like, you know, highlighting yeah. that. Um, yeah. You mentioned about the postcards and everything, which I loved just because, you know, you with social media today, we do have a tendency to forget that we, you know, had like postcards and flyers. And, you know, I remember like yeah. being a theater kid doing shows and being like, oh, let me just open up my trunk. Nothing creepy about that. And hand you a flyer. You can come see this at this black box theater with like 40 <laughs> seats at 8 p.m. Yeah. So has that made me after it's all. <laughs> <laughs> Here's where I'll be. Murder me. <laughs> it's so, so true, which is why I wanted yeah. to ask you, do you feel like social media maybe has um, like helped your career in some way and getting your album out and things like that? Do you think it's been a good tool for comedians today? Um, I, I will say to the people who are good at it, it helps their career. I'm not good at it. I'm really not. I, I've okay. been told somebody, you need to do more. You need to, duh, duh. and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm the worst because I just like to live in the moment. Like if I walk my dogs, I leave my phone at home. I want to just be, uh, you know, that being said, I've met people. Like I became friends with Gary Goldman over Twitter, like a, like actual, not just Twitter friends, like actual real world friends. Mm -hmm. And um he's like a big hero of mine like it like as a writer and as a comedian and i've had some of the best like ever conversations about writing and comedy with him and then alonzo bowden i messaged him one day over instagram and i just we've never met like i worked with his friend john heffron and we kind of became friends over instagram like we followed each other but we didn't know each other and He's really into motorcycles. I ride motorcycles and I just messaged him on Instagram and just like, hey, we both like motorcycles and comedy. We should work together. So Aww. Okay. after a couple of bourbons, I'm gonna be yes. normal normal mm -hmm. sobriety, I wouldn't have had the guts to do that. <laughs> but he was like he's like, uh yeah, okay. <laughs> and so I got to feature for him like a couple weekends ago and it was great. Like we totally mm -hmm. get along and like he's wonderful and so in, in those ways, yeah, it has. But I, I also am like, uh, I don't like putting like clips of new stuff up online because I just feel like it kind of burns it a little bit. So mm -hmm. I've been sort of protective about like, oh, it's a new bit. I don't want to put it out there for everybody to see on you know TikTok or whatever and have it get like 100,000 views. And then it's sort of like, oh, that old joke again. So I don't know if that's the case really because I've had other people say people want to see it live once they've seen it on you know social media but i am protective of it like in a in a bad way <laughs> anyway but yeah so yes and no i'll say yes i'll, be, I'll say 50 50 on that one yeah yeah and i think there's also a balance of it too being like you know how much do you put on what do you put on and it, it is good too to be protective of your work as a comedian because it is like what you're yeah. selling you're selling your ideas right. your thoughts your personality and everything um which kind of brings me back to your or it does bring me back to your album laugh through this why don't you tell us a little bit why you chose specifically that title for your album well, I'm a big like 90s music person. And that was the like the original whole cover was called uh, Live Through This. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of iconic. And uh, like, I have a very good comic friend, Pat House, and we always talk about music. And I'm like, I should just do this. But it also sort of reflected, you know, the time of the pandemic and my career in, in and of itself. Like, you gotta laugh through it. <laughs> or it's just gonna be miserable, you know? I mean, that's the thing, like being a I have to be the whole oh, female comics, blah, blah, blah. but you know, as as a woman, I'm sure his uh, guys have their issues as well. Sure. Um, it's sometimes hard being a girl comic. Sometimes it actually works to your advantage. So you kind of have to focus on the good good parts. You yes. know, like I, I I feel like I get more work because I'm a woman. I add something different to a show that you know maybe three white guys in a row it gets a little boring for an audience or whatever. So I end up getting a lot of work because I'm a woman, but then also, you know, <laughs> other stuff because you're a woman. Let's, let's not focus on those things. But um, yeah, kind of, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, right? So mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I love that there is a certain flavor that you add as a woman. And I, I will say that I know it sounds like probably a little degrading to be like, oh, you're adding flavor because you know this. But there, I mean, like, I mean that in the most complimentary way. So I, I totally yeah. understand what you're saying. And I do think that you have a great personality for comedy, as I've mentioned multiple times in this, which leads me to my next question. Um, when you started going down, like, let's say, you know, you're going on the road you're doing all these things was there maybe a moment in time where you were like all right I am officially a comedian this is what I'm doing this is my shot like after you took all these comedy classes you're doing things when we were like this is the moment right I feel like this is going to be my job I'm still not convinced I'm a stand-up comic <laughs> Which is, it sounds very bizarre and I struggle with I keep doing it but I have imposter syndrome so I'm always like I, in my brain, and I know this is insane, I know it, but I feel like there's somebody who can come and take away my stand-up comment card and get out. You're not part of like you're not. Mm -hmm. this is, because there's there's no degree, right? So there's, like, anybody could do an open mic and be like, well, I'm a comic now. Like, so there's no real litmus test. But yeah. there have been, there have been times when I was like, oh, well, that's a thing. Like, I, like I remember I had this specific moment where I was on stage and I'm like, I don't feel nervous at all. Like, this is just, I'm just okay. being here. Like, whereas mm -hmm. before it would always, you know, before you'd be nervous through your whole set. And then you'd be like, well, your nerves would wear off halfway through, or you'd be nervous just before you got up. And I still get a little nervous before I go up. But there, there was this moment where I'm like, I'm okay here. This is very weird for me. <laughs> so it felt like uh Oh, you, yeah, you're here. Or when, you know, people that I think are great comics are like, you're funny. That feels like a, like a stamp in my passport book, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but, um, I don't think that I've ever gotten uh, like, oh yeah, this is where I'm always like, I still question, like, do I keep doing this? Or it's like the, like, I don't, I don't play golf very often, but like I did a few times and it was like, I'd always be terrible. <laughs> on the first 17 holes and then on the 18th hole I'd be like oh that was a pretty good shot and then yes. I'd be like I gotta go back now I gotta go back because I had that one good thing happen and now I want to see what, what what else would happen or like a helium records will be like do you want to do a written album I'm like yeah shit I do okay so it's like <laughs> I'm a very I have an abusive relationship with this career <laughs> It's, and it's been very good to me. It's been very good. I don't, like, I haven't had a lot of bad things. I haven't like, had a lot of creepiness or anything, but it's definitely, like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's what keeps me here is, like, fighting to prove that I belong, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think you've done a great job with that. You seem, um, <laughs> so you're doing great. I mean, Thank if that's you. like some good validation, put the stamp in your passport. There you go. Doing good. Hold Molly Ambergie said that. <laughs> it's all good. Molly I, says I'm doing good. So it's a good compliment. And even though I'm nice and complimentary, I do mean that. I um, People are going to be like, she always says nice things to people. But I really mean that. I uh, Speaking of going on the road, though, was there, because you do talk about sometimes in your, in your set traveling to different places, was there a yeah. certain story on the road where you were going somewhere, whether it's like the beginning of your career or maybe recently where you're like, this is a, a cool story or did something funny ever happen to you? Or what was just something that was really memorable with you if you're time traveling as a, a road comic? As a road comic. All right, I'll tell this. This doesn't sound negative, but... <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> Keeping it real. But, just okay. laugh through it. And gonna, yes. And I'm going to laugh through it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. I like Love it. it. The, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to leave the guy's name out. Let's just call him Mark. That's not his Ooh. name, but it was early on. Mm -hmm. That's not his real name. Not yes. even his real first name. It was early on. And I was doing this terrible run. It was, and I lived in the California. So you would get these, uh, I think there were triple runs and you'd have to do one show at like this really bad casino show in Nevada. And then you'd have to drive up into Washington and do this other show at like a bowling alley. And they were not good shows. But I was very early in the comedy and I was very like, oh no, I got like, these are my whole 15 minutes. And I'm going to do these and I'm going to just do my best. And I'm in the room walking around, like running it, like, you know, like just, uh. so I get there to the casino room and it's like, shh, 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 you know, all the noises going on. I'm like, what's happening? So, I get there and the guy running the room is like, okay, you have to do your 15. And I was like, okay. And uh, the people were actually really nice. And I think uh -huh. they were like, 
excited to hear like some comedy and I did my time. And then the headliner had fallen asleep in his room and he comes down, <laughs> Mark, and he just is like hating on the crowd because they're not laughing. And he tells an eight minute story that has no punchline and he's oh eating all the garbage and somebody yells out bring jill back and i'm like no no i did my and he's like do you want to come back up here i'm like no which is like people bomb and that's not like that's not saying that so the next day uh he says well i can i get a ride with you to the bowling alley show which is like six hours and i said that's fine but like I have to drive back to Reno that night because I have to, I have a show. Like I have to fly back out of Reno to do a show in LA. It's like a really important show. Cause it was like, uh, Brody Stevens was headlining and I got to do, it was like my first like LA, like, Oh, I get to do a show with Brody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you don't really have to get back that night. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I have to. And he's trying to convince me like, just stay at the hotel. I'm like, no, no, no. So this drive from one shit show to the next, he's telling me how, these these shows are just basically paid open mics and you don't have to do good material and uh you know you're waiting 10 years this is how you'll be like me and i remember the moment like thinking that's not me like even if nobody paid even if i'm not getting paid if i've committed to do a show that is selling comedy I am going to do my job to make them laugh. Like that's my job. And I don't, I would never treat a show as a way to just go up there and bullshit and talk. Cause it's not my job. Like my, it's my job to make people laugh. And, and in that moment, I remember being like, Mm-mm. like, that's not, that's not who I want to become. Like, I don't want to become this guy who gets paid to like ruin a gig for other people. Like now you've ruined the gig a little bit. Like people are going to be like, the comics aren't funny or, you know, these people aren't any good. You don't want to see these. Like, I just felt like in, that was this moment that sort of like stamped itself on me. Like, remember this. Cause you don't want to become that guy, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, you know, hashtag be like Jill. <laughs> don't be like Mark. Don't be like Mark. I love that though, because I feel like there is, you know, and I, after hearing your story, I can agree with you on that. There is like that one person that you're like, oh, cool. Like they're headlining. They're going to be a great mentor. And then they're super negative. And you're like, oh, that is not going to be me though. And so I yeah. really appreciate yeah. you being like, and I'm so happy you flew out and you, and then did your show in LA go well after you flew? out yes good you know what's crazy <laughs> so the night that we drove back to reno because mm-hmm. he was like we don't have to drive back you can just get up early i'm like no no, no there's supposed to be weather i hit a bad snowstorm like terrible and had i left the next morning i would have never made it mm-hmm. so i drove through the snow he was high as a kite just passed out in the back seat of my rental car and i dropped him at like some casino where he could walk around until he got his hotel or whatever and i i made it i made it to the show that was it was just insanity Good for you. But was, yeah, I did it. <laughs> you did it. Yes. So, you're like, so suck it, Mark, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Suck it, Mark. As if she killed it. She got out of Reno and then she went back to. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of LA too, I noticed that you've got like some TV credits, which is amazing mm-hmm. and astounding. Um, so props to you for that. You're like, it's fine. I know. Cause the thing yeah. is for me, I'm like, that's <laughs> wonderful. And everybody else is like, we're in LA. We all want our dreams. And I, I totally get yeah. that, but that's impressive to me. I saw there was something about the office. Why don't you talk yeah. a little bit about that? That's very cool. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Cause there's not like, I never watched the office. So I was Same. like, oh, this is a thing though and i lived in van nuys and they shot in van nuys at this big like warehouse like so it was very weird and i i was supposed to be well you know i was the mom of this little kid and there's supposed to be an interaction between the little kid and the guy who played toby um but the kid kept clamming up and it was was, the episode is called the whale and it's where he grows his mustache out for november or whatever and I remember the kid just wasn't, he kept clamming up and I'm like, it's Aww. totally going to be cut. It's going to be cut, you know? And I remember the guy who played Toby being like, you got to, like, your job is just to be skeeved out by me. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a problem. <laughs> like, he looked up, yeah, this is like super creepy mustache and like a coat. And I'm like, <laughs> so we did the scene a few times and then the kid was being real quiet. So I wrote a note to him 
because he's one of the producers on the show. So I wrote like a little thank you. And I just was like, look, you know, this is not a big deal for you. But for somebody like me who doesn't do this a lot, this was really like, a, like it was important to me. And I appreciate how kind you were on set. And I had a lovely time and blah, blah, blah. And they rewrote it. They rewrote it to be like, um, you know, we get to hit on women you know, like, so they actually used the footage of me being like, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and he, they did like a voiceover where they actually used the footage. And I like to think it was because I sent the email or the sent the little note or whatever. But um, yeah, it was just this kind of fluke, cool, weird thing that is supposed to be cut out. You know, it should have probably been cut out because all the stuff, but it ended up in there, which is fun. Oh, you know. great. Now I'm going to have to go. Yeah. Look. I, see, I haven't really watched The Office a lot either, but now that you're on it, I'm going to have to like look for this now. <laughs> you know, if you haven't watched it all before that, like I, I would have to watch everything up to you. have to watch all of The Office. It's like one of the last episodes. It's in the last season. Everyone's like, that was the worst season. <laughs> like, but it was a cool, it was like a fun, cool experience. So wow. that's, you know, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, right? No big deal. commercials and that kind of stuff. And, you know, but it's, I don't miss it. I was always freaked out by it. I had a, a couple of times I got really close. Like I, I for the, uh, what's the one with, see, this is where my brain is shitty. Um, uh, William H. Macy, where he's like really drunk. It's a family, HBO, mm. I don't know. I got yeah. really close on a couple of those. The casting director was like, it was between you and one other girl. And like, we it always is. Like, yeah. Always. <laughs> Okay. And then I was told that there was the one, the newsroom, I think it was Jeff Daniels in the newsroom. And there was a woman who was sort of like, a, like not an assistant, but like, you know, this is happening and she's behind the scenes. And I auditioned for that and they're like, we were going to give it to you, but we decided to use uh, that role for diversity. So they hired somebody of color, which is great because mm -hmm. they should have diversity. And it's like, well, I kind of got it, but I you're right. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, those are those are good things. Like those mm -hmm. are the things where it's like a loss, but it's also like, well, you're doing the right stuff. Like you would have gotten it if you know if it, if it didn't go that way. So at least you know you're doing something right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now you are, but see, you're again doing things great. You've got your album, you've got all this stuff going on. Um, now, are you based in Tennessee now? Is that correct? Kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'm getting okay. progressively worse and worse for locations. For <laughs> I started in LA. Yes. I started comedy in LA and then I was in San Francisco for a few years. And yes. then my husband had a really good job in Memphis and there's like one club here and it's black and they're like, no white woman. We don't, we don't need you. I'm like, come on. Come on. They're like, hey. oh, he's so fun. <laughs> like, yeah, I got it. Nashville is like three hours north and it's great, you mm -hmm. know, and as far as being like a good place to get to places from it's definitely that like i can get to st louis in four hours i can get to atlanta in five and a half and you know it's 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 pretty easy to drive a lot of places from here mm -hmm. very cool so, yeah hey there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, i think you're doing like well i was gonna ask you like about like you know you just spoke about tennessee and you know what's available there and you kind of answered my next question about like is it close to you know driving or getting to different places um yeah. but yeah yeah you i feel like you're gonna have a lot of experience in addressing an audience because you know you were in la and then san francisco even though i know it's not even though it's in the same state you know southern california yeah. and northern california my uncle's from redwood city it's a very different vibe yeah compared to, vibe. exactly yeah. and then you're like in tennessee um, do you feel like your ability necessarily to um, adapt to different audiences has just come with your time and experience with doing comedy? That was an uh, that was a decision I made early on. Mm -hmm. I, like I remember being in LA and being at open mics and noticing what made other comics laugh, and it was the darkest, edgiest stuff, which we all love. You know, I I, I love dark humor and. I, I don't know that I'd be super dirty, but I have a very dark sense of humor normally <laughs> in real life. Like it's how like my family and I all cope with stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, to me, it can be hilarious, but in Omaha, it wouldn't work. And so it was one of those things where I decided early on, like, look, I need to be uh, like, I don't need to be, but I choose to be relatively clean. Like I want to be PG 13 clean. Cause I need to be at least a little bit dirty. Cause I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, but also I wanted to be able to open for a lot of people. So like in, in order to do that, in order to open for like a John Heffron 
or even Alonzo Bowden, like he probably wouldn't care if I was dirty, he could follow whatever. But like in order to open for a larger percentage of comics that I wanted to be relatively clean because that gives me more work. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a decision I made early on, even because even when I was, you know, going up to that shitty show <laughs> at the casino, I'm like, you know, they're not going to want it. And what's interesting now is just talking to people after shows where, you know, the, the audiences are a little bit older. They're like, you're, you're raunchy, but you're just raunchy enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's what I was going for. I don't want to be like, uh, like super dirty because then again, I won't be able to open for the people that I open for. Mm-hmm. So that was just, again, it's just a decision I made. You gotta, you know, and if, if you're like, I want to do dirty then do it to be funny, but do it, you know? Love that. And it, I think that yeah. also opens up your flexibility, just like you were talking about, you're able to work with this person, but then you're like, oh, I want to work with this person too. And you're able to kind of adapt, which the speaks right. of your style and your talent. So I, I always love to ask comics this, if you could describe your style in like a few words, what would it be? Like, what would people expect listening to your album stylistic wise? What would they need to know? Stylistic wise. I feel like, um, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I'm a storyteller with traditional setup punchline jokes to prop up the story. So like, I, I, and I tend to not alienate one side or the other. So I'm very like, not, and I mean male, female. So I'm not like a woman's woman comic or a man's woman comic. Like, oh, right, man, I'm a dirty, you know, like I'm not trying to get them to like me for being a woman. And I'm not trying to get anybody to dislike me because I'm a woman. I'm trying to be a male comic in a female body. Does that make sense? Yes, it totally does. I get that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's very, I, I think it's somewhat relatable. Either you're going to laugh at it or you're going to laugh with it, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's yeah. good. Does that, is that kind of what you were asking? Or I yes. don't know, like, I don't know if that's. Yes, that's perfect. I always ask for style just because, you know, people all the time are like, oh, I like dark humor or I like this. Or sometimes if they haven't listened to an interview yet or they haven't listened to the album, they're like, well, what do you think? Like, if I was listening to this, what would you think I would like out of the So I'm just going to cut yeah. that clip and then I'm going to send it out <laughs> and be like, here it is. She answered here. the question. Yeah. Uh, you t- take it to- yeah. And then suck it, I Mark. Get- yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Mark, if you're listening, <laughs> you know what your name really is. Yes. Goddamn. Also, apologies to anybody named Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I should have picked a really good name. It's like Mark's going to be the new Karen now, and somebody listening Mark is going to be like, oh, typical Mark. Mark. Look at this Mark over here throwing yes. a fit about me. This is Mark doing not good material at a show. Yes. You know? I love that. You know? Oh, I love it. I want to add, too, that open mics are supposed to be hard and terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're sort of talking about how people get up and they're like, oh, this is really hard. You know, and I think if a comic is doing the open mic because they've always wanted to do comedy, even if even if it sucks really hard, that mm-hmm. you feel like, I got to come back. It's like, yes. again, that abusive relationship with comedy. <laughs> we all have. It is like even for experienced comics, I've definitely seen experienced veterans like also at a mic, which is why they come in to go and bump on the list. And it's it's so great to see. But at the same time, you're like, oh, cool. Like even 20 years in, they're still working on material. That's great. So I I totally agree. Yes. Yes. I just always laugh, though, when people will go on stage. I I only laughed, too, because it happened recently. There was this guy and he was doing an open mic and he was like, I'm so excited. He was telling his friends, he's like, I'm going to kill it. And then he walked out. And was, <laughs> he was like, that was really hard, guys. Didn't kill it. And I do have to give yeah. him the humility part came back in. But I At think we got that. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, the people who kill me are the ones who are like, bomb, bomb, bomb for like five minutes. And then the last 30 seconds, they go, can we just give it up for the troops? And then they get this. He's like, I killed it. I got a round of applause. It's like, no, you didn't. The troops got the round of applause. You know, you didn't get a standing up. Like, those are the people I think are just out of their minds. You know? Oh my God. So Uh, funny to me. Give it up. I do love a good give it up. Like sometimes because you... (laughs) I was telling my husband the other day, I'm like, stand-up comedy shows are the only shows or the only place in the world where you can go like, how's everybody doing? Ah, come on, you can do better. 
husband and that. Like, I, I wish my husband would come home from work and I'd be like, how was your day? And he'd be like, I mean, it was okay. Come on, you can do better than that. How was your day today? You know, it was great. I had a good day. We still have a lot of stuff. You know? You're right. It's exactly. weird. Oh you know? my God. It is we so. We told you how we were feeling. We're like, we don't believe you. You're better than that. Please. <laughs> It's like the best one. I was like, I was hosting for somebody the other weekend and I was like, do you want to give it up for your headliner this weekend or something? And you just hear like yeah. that little like round of applause like yeah. you do. And then you have to do the same thing. You're like, all right, they came all the way from LA to be here. So I'm going to ask you one. Like you're bullying right. people into being yeah. excited about something. Right. And they're like, step it up, you bastards. You're it's a Sunday. <laughs> Like yeah. what? Oh my God. That is I used so to true. sometimes be like, I know we're going to go through this. Just, I'm not going to ask you twice. So let's just do it all loud the first time. I'm yeah. going to need you to clap loud the first. Cause I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Just clap loud. Just <laughs> do your job. Get on the ball. <laughs> like, can we just make this as painless as possible? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, so it's fun time. You know? Oh my God. Fun yeah. times. Oh, that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. The humility <laughs> part is great, but it is funny when people, or, oh my God. The other one is I'm blessed. That's the other thing. Is anybody blessed in here? Because I'm blessed. I'm, <laughs> like, blessed. I'm like, okay. You're not. You're so lucky you're not. maybe. <laughs> Bless my ass. Right. <laughs> Get mm -hmm. that Red Bull. Suck it, Mark. Oh my God. <laughs> Cannot. It was just, yes, give it up for the troops and I'm blessed. That is like probably the one, you know. And how are yeah. you doing? And everybody's like, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we already told you how we were doing. We told you for the last person who was on stage. Are you still doing okay? Yeah, you're okay. Sometimes you're still be like, you're doing great. Yes. You're not, I'm not asking you. You're great. You're yeah. great. You're fine. You're I fine. Love that. You're great. You're great. I think the only thing you can get away with is when it's like, give it up for your wait staff. And you're like, oh yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> they yeah, need they need to give it up. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I you tip that reserve too, as a host, where I'd be like, if I bombed as a host, I would just come out and be like, all right, before we get your next comic up here, let's give it up one time for your bar and wait staff. Yes. Like, Cause it's a way to just use to get the room up. You're like, you hated me, but they're bringing you drinks. So clap Love up. them. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they have bourbon. Love them. That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just keep yeah. getting those dollar bills. Oh my God. I love that though. That is, I totally <laughs> forgot about give it up for the troops. <laughs> there was a guy, we do this theater show in San Francisco and this guy just ate shit for 10 minutes. And then he did the, the give it up for, I just want to say one thing. We need to love each other. Oh really? You're telling people in San Francisco, they need to love each other. Go, go fucking figure. And then they'd be like, yay. Yeah. And you're like, thanks for running. Thank you, thank you so much. It's like, what the hell? Dude, not, you know what I mean? It's not good. Just, and I'm like, I don't think this, the comedy show is probably the best place to be like, love yourself. <laughs> self-care. Hashtag self-care. Like, shut up. You know? Like, you should be making people, it's like, your job. It's you like, <laughs> It's my job to help you love yourself tonight, hopefully. Yeah. We laugh at this. Oh, right. my God. Right. Can you help me love myself because I do <laughs> shit for 10 minutes? <laughs> In fact, just love me. You yeah. forget about you for a minute. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've all done it. Like, we've all had terrible sets. But what your job <laughs> is to be terrible and then reevaluate your life and then make changes and then go back and be funny next so, like this whole like yes. at least use it as a learning experience you walk off and like yes what <laughs> did you hear them clapping there was a standing ovation at the i think they stood up they right. were leaving because you're terrible <laughs> you made them laugh <laughs> that is the best i've also seen people like leave during a show too where it's like but oh the last couple of comics are you ready when it's like a show with more people on and that always cracks me up too it's like is it me <laughs> it's like oh there's like 10 comics on the show that's right so it's like yeah, gotta yeah. Go. Oh, i'm only 10 percent of it at best you know oh. <laughs> Oh my God, my stomach. I really needed that show. Thank you. Oh my God, absolutely. So see, this is going to be a great like um, intro to getting Jill's album. Jill, why don't you tell us before you head out, where can we find your album and where is it uh, located for streaming, downloading, all those fun things? I know it's on Spotify mm -hmm. and uh, it was made on Helium Records, but I think you can buy it on iTunes and all that where, yeah. where all the cool kids buy stuff i don't know but yeah you can stream it on spotify i don't know pandora is weird so i don't know about pandora i haven't looked okay. but i know spotify right you just, yeah. i don't mm. 
I did I look it up on Spotify like, too. Yes, because I I listened to it on Bandcamp. Yeah, I did. I looked it up. I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> so yeah. don't worry. I was like, look at my phone. I was like, I did look this up, right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I I, that's what I'm saying. I'm the worst at promoting myself because I'm like, I know Helium Records recorded it, but when you said Bandcamp, I'm like, that's where it's at like i think you could download it from bandcamp right yes mm -hmm. that's right so i downloaded oh, no. it off of bandcamp you can also get on spotify <laughs> don't worry so we're like stalker mode but this is my job i'm supposed to be like no, that's good. i can't she was like follow me around <laughs> yes i, I would totally bring business cards or anything people like literally people like alonzo Bowden's people are like how do we find you i'm like I don't know. My name's on that board over there. You take a picture if you want to. And I'm like, I didn't bring anything. I don't record my, I'm the worst. I'm terrible. I this is going to be a kick in the ass to try harder. So I appreciate that. Oh yeah. No, I mean, listen, you're doing great. It's just, you know, I feel like too, there's so many different platforms for social media now, right? Like even TikTok, yeah. like I have one and I just don't have the, with everything else we have to do as stand up yeah. comedians, I'm like, oh my God, now I have to add another platform. And like, you know, you don't know what phases out. Is it Twitter, yes. is it Instagram? It's just, it's too much after a while I, that I'm like, I oh had a God. friend tell me about TikTok early on and mm -hmm. I was getting like like a hundred thousand views on stuff because it was like there was very yeah. little stand-up comedy on it and then they changed the algorithm and I'll get like five views and people are like oh no you have to post a lot every day I'm like I'm out I'm yeah. like I can't there's no I don't have that much to say I said right like I'm a compulsive joker like a joke will take me forever to work out because I'll be like no this word's not right and it's too long I got changes and like this you know that's just exponentially longer that my job is to write comedy and perform comedy so like yeah. I don't have time to be like I can do an impression of this person on you know like <laughs> no. right like I feel like people now have to have like social media managers so like half the stuff we even see now is like from it's like clips and they're all good but it's somebody else is posting that it's just there's just a lot of like people don't realize I mean I know a lot of yeah. people who listen to this podcast are comedians like wanting to you know keep going through and trying out comedy but if you're somebody who listens just specifically for the interview portion of it and getting to know Jill there is a lot that goes behind everything that you do with the comedy album mm -hmm. with the touring with everything um yeah I will ask before a couple of things before we head out speaking of Please. all the things that go behind the scenes you know you mentioned your husband and your set which I I always laugh about because you know you're like he's quiet he's a little shy and there's like this great joke you have about like oh you know put on the nurse outfit and you're like oh, I gave him a bunch <laughs> of paperwork and I I that was one of them I died laughing I was like oh that's so that's so true and it, it's so raw and so real um what is he a big comedy guy as well like does he also follow comedy and things like that or is he just you know fan of jill which we all are so he, i get he, it <laughs> hey I'm I'm like hi everybody i'm jill so, um he's first of all he's not he has no interest in being a comic oh okay mm -hmm. and he's very he's also an engineer so he oh. he's very smart about comedy so i can go okay i wrote all this down is this funny? And he'll go, that's funny. You don't need all the stuff at the beginning. So like, he's very smart. Like he understands it. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't necessarily be like, this is a funny joke, but he's very good at it. He enjoys comedy. Like he's, he'll come to every show he come to just to see me do it. Oh. I'm like, you've seen this a thousand times, but he also likes watching everybody else. Like he loves to watch comedy, but he's not interested in doing it, which is perfect for me. And mm -hmm. he also is like, accidentally brilliantly funny like once every two years like he'll see something and i'll be like oh my god like we were living in la and we moved from one house to the house next door because the woman who rented the house to us wanted her house back and it just so happened that like the house next door became available total fluke and this girl everybody couldn't stand her her name is andrea and she just has like three beagles that barked all the time and all the neighbors were like you should just buy the house we want you guys to live here because my husband would just go over and fix stuff for people like it was just that you know and so we were driving past her house one day and out of nowhere my husband just goes nobody likes you andrea like <laughs> and it just like out of nowhere and it just decimated me like it was so funny to me like this teenage girl type like nobody likes you and he's just like the six foot car guy like i just like so that stuff will kill me once every couple of years but he isn't 
like a joke writer or like mm-hmm. a performer. He would hate to do all of that. So yeah, oh, we need consumers. We sense? obviously need consumers of comedy. I was just curious if he also okay. was like a writer as well too, or you know, I know mm-hmm. you had mentioned he's a car guy, engineer, all of that. But you know, since you were in engineering yeah. and you ended up in comedy, I didn't know if we were going to have a duo show where he's like, I'm going to show up too. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I definitely look at jokes mathematically. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, like I'm a like a. Uh, pattern type person like yes. you know, set a punchline like you set up a pattern by having two of the same thing and then you break the pattern by having something different or like okay if I say this phrase but add a twist at the end if they're expecting like you know this then he's, he's, you know like so I, I try I look at it a little bit mathematically so he's I think that's probably where his uh like input comes in as well is like mathematically it's funny yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Oh, I love it, though. I think that's great. Like I said, it's just a different perspective on it. I've never heard mm-hmm. it like said like that before. So I really appreciate like everybody has their own um, like their own perception of it. Right. Like some people are like it's a boxing kind of thing, like it's one, two or something or yeah. it's just like, oh, you know, sometimes I don't even know when I'm going to stay. And then I get on stage and it just comes out like everybody has. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their own method of doing stuff or they don't know right. the sequence per se, but then they have their jokes at least and they can fit them out. They please. But I do appreciate the precision of it just because although I am an art, I do have an artistic brain. I do also have that organization side of it. So I do appreciate you saying about the mathematics and applying it to it, which leads me to my last question. Um, Speaking of perception and reflection and mathematics and organization, what (laughs) maybe all the things wrapped into one that make up Jill. um, A little ball of twine. All ball of twine. Love it. it's always a cheesy thing because I used to say it's a lot of like what advice would you give but I will say I've gotten some of the best responses by kind of rephrasing it and being like what is something you know in comedy now that you wish you maybe had known sooner or have reflected on that you feel uh, that you're able to share on this podcast today I wish I'd known sooner I think that, like, as far as, like, a useful little tip, I'll say this. The comedy that you listen to, the comics that you enjoy and you listen to are typically a reflection of what your sense of humor is. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a big fan of Gary Goleman, um, I like his, the way he unpacks, uh, I like his precision. I like his, like, use of specific words and, like, this was a funny word and this is, you know, that that spoke to me before I ever did comedy. And so it, it's a good way where if you're new and you're like, well, I like this super dirty joke, but this super clean joke, and I'm telling a story here and I got a couple of things here, it's a good way to go, okay, well, with this stuff in mind, how can I use that to inform how I would write jokes or like what appeals to me? You don't want to copy that person, right. but their oh, yeah. style, if they're like a John Mulaney as a storyteller um, or, you know, Bill Burr is really in your face or, you know, whatever, you can use that to say, this is, this is a little glimpse into where in a couple of years, my comedy will probably uh, shake out to be. Does that make sense? Yes, that was, wow, what a good answer. Great job. <laughs> I'm oh a very, very girl. I'm very, and the, you know, the, the uh, set getting more intimate as you go on. I think it's, you know, you can't just spring stuff on people. You let them get to know you a little bit and then, you know, then you can talk about more intimate stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to yeah. give you props on that too. You did on the album, which again, laugh through this, look it up, ah. not just because she's sitting right here and on this interview, but <laughs> it is very funny. I recognize some jokes and then there were some new ones I hadn't heard yet, which was great. But Jill's delivery is a lot of fun. And now you know the whole story behind it. Uh, so just make yeah. sure you check it out. Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, all the things, just look it up. Um, the other thing I'll ask you, Jill, I know you have some shows coming up this this weekend um what are your you. shows that you have coming up i am featuring for michael yo at the uh at rick bronson's house of comedy at the mall of uh america in minneapolis okay there's <laughs> a lot a mouthful and then uh, i'll be in des moines the first weekend of december but then that's like for the holidays i don't have much going on which is okay <laughs> that's okay <laughs> All right. yeah. yeah so uh, that'll be fun 
Sounds good. Well, best of luck with that. Yeah, if you're in Minnesota, (laughs) which we do have people listen from different parts of the country. So if you are in Minnesota, I've had a couple of people because I have this map that shows up about where people are listening. I've had a couple of people. I'm like, who is in Michigan? But yes, if you are in Minnesota, (laughs) (laughs) make sure you check out our girl, Jill. Give it up for her. Give it up for the troops. Give it up. You're blessed. (laughs) You're going to be great. And suck it, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, thank you for having me, Molly, and welcome back after your hiatus. Good for Aww, you. thank you so much. Yeah, it's just been, I think, just with shows and life, it's been crazy, but I've missed yeah. interviewing people. So thank you for uh, breaking me out of my shell and letting me have the chance to get to know you better and talk I to you. It. Absolutely. And just uh, if you're ever in St. Yeah. Louis again, just let me know. Love to I am going to. We're going to have drinks and talk more. Yay, sounds good. Now, what are All you going right. to casually do now, now that our episode's over? <laughs> I'm going to casually take my uh, makeup off and put some sweatpants on, probably. Got it, girl. <laughs> to be Me more too. Casual than I am already. <laughs> oh, sounds good. We'll have a yeah. lovely day. Have fun with your dogs and your shows. Thank you so much. Right. At Jill Marigos. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Right. Bye.